podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nina Kauser show. Um, we've been on a little bit of a break on this and um, personally, I think we could have done with a little bit more of a break, but that's just me and those are just my thoughts. Um, we are going to be covering our post-match thoughts and our reaction to Liverpool's oh, throwaway game against Brighton 3 all it finished at Anfield and you know there's so much to talk about probably so much frustration um uh, yeah it's it's not great but fear not I have two incredible guests on this show who are going to help me and walk me through this and hopefully 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 by the end of this podcast um maybe you guys listening and myself um I might start feeling a little better who knows but yeah, without further ado, let me introduce my panel. First up, hearing her a fair few times on the main Anfield Index podcast, uh, you know, and she's um, a big ball of positivity. It's Lisa Marie. Lisa, welcome back. It's nice to be ne- back, Nina. I mean, at least to chat to you, not necessarily to chat about what we just saw. <laughs> um, yes. And, you know, even my ability to be positive does have its limits, but I'm going to give it a try. And um, you know what? We'll all feel better after we're done talking it through, I'm sure. Yeah, I truly believe that this this season and the way the Reds are playing is to try and really test your resolve. Like, I feel like that's their purpose this season. But, yeah, we'll see how you get on. But, yeah, it was not great. And um, once again, a, a shout out to... Um, all our international supporters of Liverpool Football Club who get up at ridiculous of times to watch Liverpool. Um, you know, shout out to you and respect to you. And um, it's not my place to apologise, but I'm sorry you had to watch that. And joining, joining Lisa Marie, I have um, the old guard back on the Nina Casa show. I love talking to him. So it's great to have him back. And that just makes me feel great as well. It's Shri, Shri, welcome back. Hey, Nina. Third appearance, third draw. I don't know whether we draw just because I'm coming or that's just the problem. You know, it's the curse of you. I was taking the mic out the way I pronounced that word. There you go. It's all it's all coming back in a full circle on you, Shri. It's not great. It's not great. But guys, um, we've got some people who are joining us live on Discord. Um, a, a massive welcome to you guys um, for joining us. We really appreciate it. If anybody wants to call in, um, feel free to drop um, a message in the chat or even if you've got a question and you don't want to come on you know onto the podcast by all means share your discussions in discord we'll happily you know get your points on on the show but um okay let's go there and um lisa i'm gonna come to you first you know no reds for a whole month pretty much there or thereabouts the last game was of course that um awful draw against them 
Everton. Uh, since then, two games, um, one absolutely horrendous, horrendous, disgusting display against Napoli, which I would rather, rather just edge out my mind. And then, of course, the, the win against them. Ajax, where Liverpool kind of looked like themselves to, you know, to a degree, and there was some, like, moments of positivity. But today, Brighton, um, after that game, how do you feel? Because I felt like, it felt very much like an emotional roller coaster in terms of how the scoreline was going and things. That that was the exact phrase I was going to use, Nina, was emotional roller coaster. Because, you know, the first 15 or 20 minutes, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, if I wasn't scheduled to be on this podcast, I very well might have turned it off and walked away, just not wanting to ruin my Saturday. Um, but, you know, hung in there and, you know, we, we look like we were linking it back together. Um, only to kind of lose ourselves there again at the end. So it was. Emotional roller coaster is absolutely the the best way to describe it, you know, overall. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it as, as we move forward. But it was definitely a game of ups and downs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really could not control, you know, it was, yeah, it just was, I was everywhere in that game. And Shree, what about you? I mean, how do you feel after that? Because you know, like, it's mad, right? Because, it, it, again, football and football scores are a very funny thing. Like, if Liverpool were losing 2-1 and it was, like, injury time and Liverpool got a goal back, I feel like emotions are very, very different. But the fact that they kind of went on the front foot and they were, like, 3-2 up and then to kind of concede, you know, some really, really horrendous goals, in my opinion, and, you know, avoidable goals. And then to kind of, like, I don't know, drop points, it, it's... It's the psychology of them, what a draw means and how you gain it or, right? I think in the sense, if you see how it finished, you could say maybe we dropped two points. Mm. Uh, but you could also think if you see the whole game, they should have scored maybe five or six. So in that way, I would say a point gain. So that's what it, I would sound it as because I, I think it was a lucky point for us overall. And uh, so I, so I think overall it's a gain. I would say, yeah, it's tough we finished, but it's not the first time we are seeing any of the things we saw today. So I'm not. So, yeah. No, this is so true, Sri. And I like the fact that you kind of mentioned that, you know, it could have been 3 4 nil. you know, um, if it wasn't for Alison Becker, then, you know, all his sort of kind of heroics in between the sticks, because, yeah, uh, you forget those moments, and I did for a second. So thank you for kind of reminding me, or maybe not, I don't know. But okay, guys, let's get into this. And Shri, I'm going to stick with you. Team lineup. What did you make of the team lineup? Of course, you know, there was some kind of changes. We know Shimikas was going to come in for Robo because he's out injured. Hendo comes straight back in. Thiago, um, uh, Starts again, which is always good. Fabinho midfield, Salah, Firmino, and Cavalio. So, um, you know what? And of course, the 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 back um the back forwards are Trent, Matip, Van Dijk, and Alison Becker. So, um, what did you make of the the starting lineup? Uh, to be honest, that is the lineup I expected because this is not the first time we are seeing from Klopp that and the. People who have played in the South American teams return, he doesn't usually start. Or maybe the medical team don't clear them to start. And it's obvious he always gets them on, say, 45 or 60 minutes in. So uh, it was only the question of who is going to start instead of Luis Diaz. Diaz wasn't starting at all. I would say, and I think with Hendo being fit, 
captain coming on playing few minutes for England in those apparent he's going to start so in terms of team lineup uh, again we have discussed this before would this be the lineup you would have played no but would we trust club that he would have made this lineup yes absolutely Yes, I've made my peace with that as well. What I want and what Klopp want are two very different things. But yeah, um, I, I think you're absolutely spot on with the, the lads who, who travel quite far, you know, especially the ones who play, you know, for the likes of like Brazil and uh, Uruguay and Colombia, you know, uh, big distance to be travelled and, uh, you know, Klopp is going to rest them. I think there was probably logic behind that as well. Um Lisa, um, uh, starting lineup for you. I mean, your your, your golden child um, was on the bench, um, but and what what did you make of the starting lineup? It, it, again, it it was really what I expected to see. I mean, I think Harvey played a lot of minutes for England on the international break, so you know it made sense for him not to start because you know we're certainly going to need him um, in the next run of games. And and again, with yeah, the South American players just with that the distance. On top of, you know, the minutes they, they played in the international break, it did make sense. And I was, you know, I was a little bit interested to see what, you know, Carvalho looked like in the front line. Um, you know, because mostly when he's come in, it seems like he's played more midfield, if I'm remembering correctly. So I was, you know, I was a little bit interested to see what that was going to look like and what he was going to do. Um, and yeah, so I mean, Hindo was, you know, fairly predictable to be on that, that right side and, and the back four was, was what I expected it to be. Absolutely. I mean, we're just um, <clears throat> we're getting some chit chat in in Discord. I have a question from Steve Pizza, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, uh, NFI, I'd like Klopp to take charge again. Too many voices in his head. Um, guys, just keep your comments coming. I'll try reading them out as much as I can. Me, um, I'm going to come to you because what did you make of them? Um, the the whole star. I mean, you know, you've not played for a month um, uh, in, in terms of the Premier League. Brighton really haven't played in a month. You know, they haven't, you know, and, um, you know, they've gotten, and a lot has happened to them in that time, you know, um, uh, manager leaves, uh, they were playing really well, manager leaves, goes to Chelsea, they get the Zerbi in, um, uh, you know, you're thinking what's going to happen here, will there be a new manager bounce or, you know, what's going to happen? Has he had any time to work with them? What's he going to do? Is he going to stick or twist? He kind of stuck with what he what what they've been kind of going with um, uh, in previous games under Potter. But, 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 Liverpool, I think it's absolutely crucial that they needed to have a positive kind of start. And, um, uh, yeah, not great when you concede in four minutes. I mean, what did you make of Liverpool's start? I mean, Tossard just absolutely, like, just sticking it to us. I mean, talk to me about... The, the you know the, the start by Liverpool and also um uh, you know again the sloppy goals that we we tend to concede and in this one in particular I think Trent's header back to Hendo Hendo kind of failing to kind of control it as well like you know like it, you know again you know like we're always talking about you know poor like defending and I don't like that trend and I certainly don't like it in this season when you've got those kind of players it, it was excusable when we used to have a very very shit defense but this is like terrible now this is like amateur stuff and you know maybe do we have to maybe give a lot of credit to how brighton play as well because obviously they press really well i've i felt like in the attack they were very cutthroat 
I think it's it's all feels like July, early July police season. We just cannot get started. I think Bournemouth. Now it's very clear was a one-off, uh, or Bournemouth are so shit that even we played well in the beginning. But I think we just cannot start. It feels like heavy legs, and there is nothing to get started at all. We just cannot. There we there is no. Uh, we have discussed this. You know, come on, twice. There seems to be no plan. The plan. It reminds me of what Brendan used to say that we are building the plane as we are flying it, and uh, that's how it seems to be. That doesn't seem to be a plan. That doesn't seem. It, it almost seems like all the eleven almost feel like they play with each other for the first time. No, I hear you, Shree. It just very, very much does look disjointed, a little bit everywhere. I, I don't know what's going on. Um, it is quite frustrating because, Lisa, that was not the start that you, as a supporter, want to watch, and it's not a start that you, you, you want the lads to be in. Given the fact that they, you know, how many times have we come back from a, from you know, how many goals have we conceded? You know, like it's getting a bit embarrassing now, and I think it's actually now, um, you know, there's. You know, there's there's big warning signs on that. You know, I feel like maybe the team talk is get into them really, really quick. They don't settle, and uh, you know, let's let's rattle them a bit. But horrible, horrible start, and like you know, just simple stuff that you should be doing. You know, that you expect so much better from professionals, and you know, and not you know, like. And I felt like Trent was really, really under the microscope a fair bit. You know, with what happened with the international break, with Gareth Southgate comments. I felt like this was like probably the perfect opportunity to kind of respond back and, you know, and then within four minutes, he has a moment like that where people will blame him that, yeah, he, but for me, I think Hendo was probably just as bad for not controlling that. If not, that's where it all started from, but a horrible, horrible start. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, that used to be what we were known for was the way we would just start beautifully um and that is not the case and you know it doesn't even shock me anymore when we can see yeah. first you know i think that's mm. that that upsets me i i'm sorry i just had to say that um but yeah but you know what back to a point you made a minute or so ago i think brighton do deserve credit you know this is mm. isn't the bright we're used to playing a couple seasons ago where we we're like oh yeah okay you know i mean they have played to their credit they have played very well so far this season they're looking really good and you've got to give them credit for the you know the change in manager not not throwing them off their game you know they I I mean Brighton is a team that I enjoy watching you know outside of the Liverpool matches you know I mean I you know if if I'm looking for a team to watch you know you know Liverpool's you know on a Saturday when we're playing on a Sunday or vice versa you know Brighton is often the game that I'll put on um, because I just enjoy the way they play and I, you know, I didn't so much enjoy the way they played against us today. I was really hoping for an off day, but no. And and Trent, he did. He, you know, I really wanted him to respond, you know, in just a, you know, <laughs> fuck off, Gareth, Gareth Southgate. You know, I, I can play, I can defend, and I don't know if he's just gotten too mid a little bit or or what the deal is. You know, I honestly, you know, I don't know. I'm not a sports psychologist. I. I don't know, but he didn't he didn't respond to all the chatter that has been, you know, out and about on him in the last week or so the way I really wanted him to respond. And um, but you're 
you're right, he's totally responsible for that first goal. Hindo Hindo kind of screwed up too. And but the whole, I mean, just I actually said to my husband when I went downstairs just before we started, I said, you know, how the hell did we go from having the best defense in the league to whatever the hell it is we're seeing now? You know, how does how has that happened? Because it's essentially the same players. You know, it's not like we've switched them all up. It's the same guys. You know, what what is going on? Too much coffee, yes. sorry. <laughs> No, uh, you know what, Alexa informed me today it's National Coffee Day, so not to sell that. No way. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a fun fact for you on the pod. Um, yeah, um, that's what I found really baffling as well, Lisa, is the fact that these guys could defend what has happened. Like, I know there's that, that there's always that analogy there's someone space jammed them. I have no idea what is going on. But Shri, I'm just going to come back to you because what is actually going on with with the defence? I mean... You know, like, under normal circumstances, we don't make those errors. We don't behave like that. And, I, yeah, I completely appreciate that Brighton do play really well and they pressed us. And, you know, the, you know, an observation that I made in, like, the first 10 minutes, we, we were struggling to impose ourselves, failing to win the second ball, lack of rhythm. Brighton press was so effective. They were kind of rushing us. And, they ju- and again, you know, with the first goal that they scored, which was around about four minutes, you know, like they were just so cutthroat at moving that ball around our box and kind of getting, you know, getting the wheel in motion. But what is going on? I think we, we have now what had a month to look at this and we continue to do the same things. We have one system which we want to play and he's continuing to play a set of players who clearly cannot play the way he's designed to. So there are only two options. Right? We either tweak the system to decide based on the level he wants to play. Or you play the right place for the system you want to play. It's almost like there is this dissonance between the system we want to play and the players. He continues playing. Okay, you there was a problem. You notice it game one, game two. What, we have nine games in, we have months in. And we continue to do the same things. So before you at least had a strong system where you will say individual errors are not getting highlighted because the system is so tight, so watertight. If somebody covers other, the, the transitions are covered, there is a backup support. But now the problem is system has gone to shit. So basically, individual mistakes just get shown up even more. There's no backup cover. So first mistake, this is, what, this is Brendan Rodgers' defense, where every chance is a big chance. Today, I, I was just checking this stat. They had six shots, six big chances. They could have scored all six. This is Brendan wow. Rodgers' defense. That is shocking and staggering. I've not looked at the stats like that, but my word, my word. Um, I guess then... Every Lisa... shot is a chance. Every shot is a chance because the, the point is there is no one stopping them. It's not like they are taking speculative shots. There's no one stopping them getting into the box. We can't defend in the box. We are just banking on Ali to save us. You know what, and that kind of ties me in ever so nicely. And I'm going to come to Lisa on this because um, I'd like to hear your your comments and your response to the defence, um, at least if you've got any, and what Shri said. But Shri just kind of mentioned that that horrendous stat that all their chances were big chances. They could have scored them all, so we could have been we could have lost that game six three effectively. I mean, Ali, big big saves, and you know. Um, huge saves that he kept us in it for quite a while and then he had that monster save around about 12 minutes where you know um, 
he kind of gets his legs in, you know, um, uh, he, he kind of stops Tossard from scoring with his legs. You know, like he was like basically the whole defence at, at some points in that period, in my opinion. You're absolutely correct. I mean, if if it wasn't for Allison, we would have lost that. You know, we could have been down by four at halftime. Um, you know, yeah. so definite, definite credit goes to him for, for the saves that he he was making. And, and honestly, the ones that, that did go past him, I really don't think he can be faulted for um, all that much because, you know, it all just, you know, broke down in front of him. And, you know, there's only so much he can do. It, but, yeah, it's just, you know, I really think, you know, who would have thought a season or two seasons ago that we would be talking this way about the defense being our problem, um, you know, and and not just the back four defense, but, but even the way the midfield and, you know, everybody, you know, the defense as a whole the, or the defending, I guess, would be a better way to put it because it, it is. And I haven't looked at, you know, at any of the stats. And that was really a very interesting one that, you know, Shreve brought forward. It, it's again, you know, I, I don't know how to respond to it because it, it's not like we've had massive changes to, you know, to the players that are back there. Maybe, maybe that is the problem. Maybe we do need some changes. I mean, well, you know, to be fair, we do have Kanate, but, but he hasn't, you know, been able to play so far this season. So maybe if we can get him back in, you know, that will help to a degree, but, but I don't know that, I don't know. I'm I'm just rambling at this point in time, but yeah, it's I I don't know what to I don't know how we can solve it other than they all just need to get their heads on straight and and do better, which I know sounds very simplistic. It 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 does, doesn't it? It really does. But you you know, like and again, something that I kind of noticed as well was the fact that there was a lot of targeting going on round to our right hand side as well, and I you know like. I find that you know obviously a player like Trent Alexander Arnold who, you know, I feel like he's under the microscope a fair bit. And yeah, he's not been playing great by no stretch of the imagination. He has been poor. But I feel like we're not addressing a bigger issue as maybe supporters, as pundits. And I feel like they have like a responsibility. And maybe even the coaching staff at Liverpool, that there is no help for him on the right-hand side in, in, in like a midfielder that, you know, is going to actually hold up positional play in the right way. I just feel like he's kind of been, I don't know, been, you know, he's kind of been hung out to dry. I just feel like he's a very, very easy target. Don't get me wrong. He's not been great. And yet, even like, we'll get to it. Second goal, um, again, on the right hand side, pretty much copy and paste from the same position. And, uh, you know, Trent involved again, Shri, you know, um, in the lead up to that goal, but again, you know, it, you know, it was poor. It was a lapse of concentration from Trent Alexander Arnold. I don't know if the first event or the first lead up to the goal maybe got into his head. Maybe I don't know what's got like. Like Lisa said, we're not sports psychologists, so this is our amateur stab at things. But you know, just absolutely, absolutely like amateur stuff that you would not expect a team of Liverpool's calibre to be doing. And then, again, you have to give credit to to um, Brighton because, again, they were quick, they were decisive, they were effective. I thought Estupinian on, on our right-hand side, on their left, um, actually had a really, really good game. I, I, to be honest, uh, we have discussed this for a lot of time. You know, it almost looks like he looks short. Where there is literally nothing on me, but let's ignore the mistakes. Even when he's like 
defending it almost seems like he's playing in slow motion maybe i don't know if i'm only getting the feeling but it almost like he is not running at all is it's he's jogging literally i don't know. i i have no see again it's very difficult for us to judge what's going on actually here but also i am not sure like he's the fulcrum clearly but i'm not sure what do we want to do with it he's all over the place in a good way and bad way he's sometimes in the midfield he's sometimes in the number 6 he's sometimes on the overlap i have no idea what do we want to do with him he's all over the shop and his confidence is short i don't think we need a better combination for things to go wrong yeah um it's i'm going to pay attention to his uh, slow motion defending i mean it's an observation that you've made i'm definitely going to pay attention to that shri um i will be watching him not not to criticize but um i just i'm trying to figure out what is gone what's gone horribly wrong there you know why is it not working You know, he might just be overthinking. You know, where again, where he's kind of in his head, and he's just like, "Okay, I've got to do that." I've, you can be, you know, paralysis by analysis, if you will. Where, and again, I'm, <laughs> I'm sounding like I know what I'm talking about from a sports psychology standpoint. But, but I think sometimes, you know, as opposed to relying on his acting more instinctively, I, I think he's. you know he's taking that extra split second or two to think about what he should do and therefore it's slowing him down but you know i don't know it's you know it's very easy for me to sit here in my you know living room in front of my tv and watching a replay and and say that oh it's very easy for all of us and uh, you know it's very easy for us to be like well do this better and do that better but yeah i i would i would have to agree with you there but yeah i don't know if he is trying too hard maybe he's feeling you know the the pressure of the criticism now because you know for all for most of his career um as a senior player for Liverpool he's been loaded with praise um uh, so maybe it's the first time ever he's having to deal with that kind of criticism and you know and it's it's coming from like quite a big you know um from all angles as well even from your national manager as um, uh, you know your international manager but I mean, Lisa, I'll stick with you because um, you know, we got two nil down. I want to get your personal thoughts on how you felt after that because I was just sat there like, oh my god, my jo- I was like, oh, it's bad enough we concede one, but let's 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 make it even difficult for ourselves and concede two. But then, obviously, um, I kind of started noticing things from like players after we went a goal down as well, like you, you know, like senior players that you normally don't expect errors from, like you know, VVD kicking the ball out of play. I think Fab did it as well. Thiago misplacing passes, maybe you know, over you know, putting too much on a cross. But you know, players that you know that are like your bread and butter, like your your safeguards, were like have you know that that two nil scoreboard lead for brighton you could see it having an impact on the players on the pitch oh i agreed 100% i mean we almost yeah well our passing was not great the entire game quite honestly mm. i mean that was you know one of the first things i noticed even before yes. they scored their second goal i'm like why can we not what hell why can we not pass the ball today what is wrong i mean and again even you know players that that generally don't misplace passes were they were just not going where they needed to go um yeah but so it did get that sort of frantic feel there for well actually honestly after the first goal and then then it it started to look a little bit better and they scored again and then yeah there was a good you know 10 minutes or so of 
I was just like, it honestly, at one point I was like, isn't it almost halftime? And it was only like 32 minutes. And I'm like, this half feels like it has been an hour. I mean, I've rarely have that feeling, especially in a game where there's been so much, but it just, I guess, cause it was just so tense and we were playing so horribly. I just wanted it to be halftime so that we could get off with only the two goals. And I mean, I was honestly afraid. I was honestly afraid it was going to be more than two, you know, for them before we got to the half. It was, it, it, I, yeah. I mean, as I said earlier, I think if I were not on this podcast, I honestly can't say that I wouldn't have turned off the TV and walked away. But I didn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have blamed you, but thank you so much for sticking around and, you know, coming on the pod because, uh, you know, I, I think I would have really struggled. Sheree, I mean, <laughs> Sheree, I'm going to come to you. I mean, what were your thoughts at 2-0 down? Because I'm going to be honest with you, the way Liverpool were playing and the way they were just so cutthroat and just completely, like, pulling us to pieces and sort of, you know, um, uh, pouncing on any little error that we were making and kind of forcing us into errors as well. It, it felt like we might lose that game. That's how I felt. Like, I think I can't see us doing anything here. If we continue on this way, it gave me Napoli vibes. I, I, to be honest, at that point of time, I was wondering how is it only tonal? Because mm. they should have smashed us by that time. It, 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 I, it, it, I didn't know how to react. See, if you remember when we started with Klopp, it was chaotic, right? It was chaos, fun, frantic, yeah. in a good way. Then we moved on to, say, controlled chaos, if you could say. Like, we would have periods of control, resting on the ball, recycling it, spreading the ball, maintaining the width. But the control with was always with us. We could step up and step down gears when we want. Now we have no control and we have chaos in the wrong direction. It's chaotic in a bad way. So I think it's the, the absolute end of the spectrum we are at in terms of the clock era. From chaos going to the middle of control chaos and now we have chaos in the wrong way. Because literally we can't and I think I discussed this when I was on the Fulham game. We can't string five passes together. Maybe the system, I, I don't know. Passing, is I wouldn't say is on the system. But if you can't string five passes together, I don't think any system is going to save you. The only system can save you is when you eventually lose the ball, can you do something with it? Which obviously, being very clear, we, we are not able to do anything in defensive transitions at all. There is no... Con- like you, you, It's almost like you give them the ball, then the question is, are they getting into the box or not? That's where they did. They got in six times today, as it, as we discussed before, six chances. We needed, obviously, Alisson to bail us out. I think that is the problem. We can't keep hold of the ball. So we are obviously going to lose the ball. The more we are losing the ball, we, since we can't defend, they are going to have more chances. The big chances are just going to, I think, I obviously, I think the under-pressure folks would do a far more better job than B3 would do it. But I think the numbers are going to be consistently high this season because... We can't maintain control and we can't defend. I think it sounds like captain obvious, but there is no obvious way you're going to win this game. If you can't keep the ball and you can't defend either. Yeah, I've got some... um, uh, I I think that's fair. You're right. We can't string five passes together. I'm just having a look on Discord here and Chamber Trilogy is... um, uh, giving his thoughts on the whole Trent situation and the whole team as well. Um, I'll just read some comments by him. There's a clear lack of harmony within the team and it seems that there's some major distrust between some key players. Um, it seems that a good deal of Trent's lack of application and light jogging back is, etc. seems a 
a response to that um to that very lack of help feels like he's given up a bit and lost faith in the system in front of him fair comments there um uh, chamber trilogy um yeah um having said that though um Shri, i'll stick with you because around about um 30 minutes what i kind of noticed was obviously i was kind of watching one thing i did notice though was Mosla was kind of having i don't know a, a much much brighter start than what we've been used to this season in terms of he wasn't hogging the the, the twitch line as we always say and uh, you know around about 30 i think it was around about 30 minutes he, he had like um you know he had a chance where you know sanchez kind of saves with um his kind of split legs but before that sanchez also gave them a bit of a, you know gave us a bit of hope and gave the, a brighton a lot of scares because um kind of demonstrating went really good with his feet and i think it was cavalio that tried running at him and stuff and kind of rattled him but you could see that liverpool were trying to do something something was bubbling under the surface yeah, I, I think the 15-minute or 20-minute period before the break and then the 15-minute period after the break is that we had some semblance of control. Mm. And obviously, control means you are going to dominate the ball. And it was glad that Salah was the, suddenly realized he's allowed to move inwards and you can he can play no central. It's like some light bulb just switched on and they, they realized this was allowed. Though he's done it for five seasons, now it's sudden realization. It's come in that he's allowed to do such things. Obviously, you... We have talked this before. We need to get Salah involved. Main problem has been Salah has not been involved or he's been involved in absolutely non-effective areas. So obviously, it's, it, 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 obviously he's a class player. Ultimately, you know with Mo. However the team plays, we know what we're going to get it from him. He's going to, be, he's going to make himself involved wherever it's coming. So I don't know whether it was a systemic decision to get him more central, or just said, I don't care, I'm going to play how I want. I wouldn't rule the latter out, to be honest. If he, he's one player who wants to score, and he has to be involved to score. So I am not going to rule that out. He's just decided, what are the system, I'm just going to do this. Because he was a couple of times, even on the left, I, I think, he was chasing the ball, getting on. So he was also basically rowing all the way around. So it was good. I think it's clear, if we have control, we seem to play better. But obviously, nowhere near, like, oh, not even 70-80% of where we are being. But we observe, if we don't have control, we are going to struggle. I, I think it's very easy to say, Nina, we have three basic problems. We can't start well, we can't end well, and we don't play well in between. And uh, that is fundamentally where we are struggling. And... Lisa, I'll come to you with um, uh, you know, the the, the Mosala and um, you know, Shri's observation there as well that he definitely looked like he was a bit more free flowing. Maybe it's his own kind of decision. I and Shri doesn't blame him. I don't blame him, given the fact that he has been our like leading goal scorer and he pretty much breaks every record. And you know, if 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 Liverpool are to you know play well in in an attacking sense, then that guy has to kind of be up for it and look like his his former self i mean what did you what did you make of um the the front three and then i'll have a question from steve pizza about our, our attacking lineup what do what did you make of our attack because i felt like towards you know after we went 2-0 down like i felt like they were trying to do something uh, agreed um i mean not that they weren't trying to do anything before that but yeah you did really see a little bit more of a spark being lit um you know, amongst the front three after that second goal, um, right? And yeah, I mean, Mo, 
Shreve was right. I mean, he did. He drifted. There was a couple times where he was over on the left, and I was like, oh, wait, how do you get over there? Um, so, yeah, he was – he needs to be involved, and he was he was definitely doing what he could to be involved. Bobby certainly as well. Um, you know, I mean, I think, honestly, it, it – as the game went on, but, you know, Bobby had a lot of those misplaced passes that, you know, we referenced or – I myself referenced it, you know, a few minutes ago. I mean, there was there was a couple times where I was just like, oh, Bobby. Um, but and, and, you know, and it may have been thrown off a little bit by the fact that, it, you know, Carvalho was the third one up there, which is, you know, that's not a typical front three for us. So maybe it just took them that first 20 plus minutes or so to kind of work into a rhythm, you know, on how they're going to, you know, work with each other there, because it did feel as though they were kind of working a little bit alone. Um and then finally, it it started to kind of gel and mesh mesh a little bit. There is, you know, progressed. And of course, you know, Bobby and Mo are used to being, you know, up there together. And and it, but again, the just the misplaced passing and the just the sort of frantic rhythm that we had and lack of control. As we gained the control, it started to click better. And you know, we were seeing, you know, I mean, I think honestly, and I I saw it at one point in the game, I don't know what the final stat was, but we had more chances, you know, it was just that when Brighton could get up there, their chances were counting a lot more than, than ours were, so it it just seemed to take us, you know, it's just the whole lack of rhythm that that we have had this entire season, we've, you know, we just, just haven't had it, and, um, but it was starting, you know, as the game was progressing, you know, it started to look like it was it was kind of coming together. Absolutely, and I'll just quickly read something by um, Tall Paul Seven One Three. I think the England. Uh, uh, referring to Trent obviously I think the England snub is has affected him mentally too. Like, what's the point? Playing well has meant nothing. Um, if I. If I make a mistake, I get slaughtered in the papers, big headlines and a national debate, while Walker, Reese James get a two-line write-up at the bottom of the page if they mess up kind of thing. I'd be pissed off by that too. Yeah, I feel like he does get a fair lot more criticism than any of those players. Um, Now, I have a question here, Shri. I'll come to you first. It's from Steve Pizza. Um, uh, Steve Pizza, can't call in Nina, but an antidote for the inevitable and well-deserved doom and gloom here in a discussion point for the panel. What do you think our best um, front three is right now? Bobby, Diaz and Jota all seem bright and on form. Which two do you add to more and why? I think it's Bobby, Diaz and more because it's quite, there are multiple reasons. It's it seems like Mo plays better when Bobby plays and vice versa. Like, Bobby's clearly not Nina, the ones we knew when he came in from half an M or for the few seasons there. But he's mm-hmm. actually scoring goals. And with the way we defend, we'll need to score five a game. So we need players who can actually score goals than the ones. And Jota is coming off a big injury. He's, he's not got minutes. Nunes has had a stop start. He scored for Uruguay uh, during the break. But again, stop yes. start career. Uh, Diaz can play on the left. More obvious starts. I think I would go with Bobby just because he's scoring. I would take him scoring and not playing well than someone else not playing well and not scoring either. We will need to score a lot of goals looking at the way we are playing. Okay, so um, Shri there, Lisa, has gone with um, uh, Diaz, um, Bobby Firmino and... um, Morsala, um, uh, as probably the best and informed right now. Um, also, 
probably played of you know there's a lot of like familiarity from like last season in that as well I suppose and you know like like you kind of touched on on an earlier point that you know Cavalio in in the front three was probably a little bit of of a difference and you know an, an adjustment kind of period within the game so um who who would be your um front three um you know if they're off you know if they're on form and who would you go for yeah, I agree with Shri. I mean, I think it is Mo, Bobby, and and Diaz right now. Although, I mean, I think you know Jada is just coming off that that in injury, so I think maybe as he starts to get minutes, it it will be interesting to see. The good thing about Jada is you can kind of rotate him in wherever. Um, you know, he can play in the middle, he can play on the left, and, and he can even you know play on the right if if necessary. So, you know, that's a strength with him that you know once he kind of gets more up to speed and and because he didn't have a preseason you know at all his injury so once he gets you know gets you know up to form you know he can he can come in for you know any one of them as as needed so I think they're probably Diaz Bobby and Mo are the strongest three but I think you know Jada isn't far off it Yeah, and we definitely, like Shree said, we definitely need our front men to be, um, uh, you know, hitting some form. And, you know, I really want to see um, some kind of rhythm from, from Nunez as well, because we really, really will need our attackers if we are, like Shree said, having to score five to kind of compensate for the, the defensive frailties that we are currently um, suffering. Just a quick one, though, on the podcast. Whilst Lisa was speaking, I apologise for you, some background noise. Somebody did not mute on Discord. Look, thankfully, it wasn't a burp that I've experienced in the past. We edited it out. It's all good, but that's sort of been taken care of. And it was not Lisa making random noises in the back there. So that's been taken care of. But, um, yes, let's carry on. So, um, uh, Lisa, speaking about Bobby there, um, he gets a goal. We had to wait a little minute because there was an offside kind of checking that needed to be done, you know, was more onside, offside when he kind of, um, you know, put hooks in the cross to Bobby. Um, yeah, um, really, really needed that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's nice every now and again to see VAR work in our favor. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I also felt, I mean, not just, I, that goal really felt like it came at the right time. Um, I mean, it would have been nicer if it had come earlier, don't get me wrong. But but I felt the crowd kind of respond to that. You could hear them. They were, of course, singing Bobby's song, which therefore will be stuck in my head for the next two days. Um, but that's okay. Yeah, you felt them get up. The, the the players, you know, got the the push and you know the spark that they needed from it. So I honestly, you know, it it came at the right time as we were we were starting to kind of build something, and, and it meant that we went down. You know, at halftime we were only down by a goal, which you know is manageable. And because I, I think if we had gone into the half down by two, I I it would have been very mm. difficult for us to claw out of that hole. I think that's right, and I think you're fair. And I think that goal did come at the right time in the sense that that was maybe the, the, the period in the entire game where Liverpool started looking like they wanted to create something in an offensive sense. Shri, I'll come to you on, on the whole Bobby goal. Um, what, you know, what did you make of it? And um, I'd like to get your thoughts on, on the goal, um, the offside, uh, you know, like having to wait a little minute for the whole offside situation. But one thing that really kind of impressed me with this uh, passage of play was obviously it started from Hendo. Hendo giving the ball to Mo Salah. But I like the fact that it, it 
felt very quick and decisive. Yeah, it, it it was something we used to do very well, and it's almost like we've forgotten doing in terms of the offensive transition. We, if I remember, we built it up from Allison, I think, and Hendo got the ball. Yes. He got it to Mo, and then Mo mm. made a pass into the box, and Bobby uh, finished it off. I I think the goal was very much needed because it almost proved that if you have some sort of control on the proceedings, you could score against Brighton. That is one. It also gave us belief that we, if you make the right decisions, we will have the game in our control. I think it also made Klopp's half-time talk far more easier. You could just say you were shit in the beginnings. This result in two zero. See what happens when you actually realize you can play football. You get back into the game. I think it it, it just made he could have made his half-time talk more clear. And obviously, it's it's a pre-plan that Diaz was going to come in. So okay, we had one goal down, but we have Diaz, which means that they. With uh, with Carvalho playing on the left, they could afford to give space down the wing. You, like the defender could pin on Carvalho, but with Diaz, you are not going to be able to. With his skill, he's going to beat the defender. So I think the game just opened up with Diaz coming in because there was so much space to, to expose their right uh, right side. And I think I think the, it was I would say it was well deserved for the phase of play we were in, and it also helped us dominate the game 15 minutes post the break. I think with Diaz coming in, we were in. I would say that was the best period of the game, the ten minutes before the halftime, and then the first ten fifteen minutes after till we decided to make some changes. Well. Yeah, absolutely. And I felt like you know when we started playing like that quick kind of football, we had another chance. Um, I think Trent winning the ball um for Liverpool um um you know passing it to Mo Salah like he usually would and you know Salah kind of firing it high but what I kind of noticed was that defence looked a little rattled in those situations when we were quite quick and decisive so you know I take those as all positive but it did finish on 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 half time at 2-1 so Liverpool going with um you know a goal and you know something to work with and um Lisa I'll come to you um Second half, uh, Diaz, of course, you know, will Klopp make a sub? Won't he make a sub? Does he make changes? And of course, Diaz comes on for Cavalio. So, you know, like, um, the informed sort of striker comes on. And from the get go, he's, he's a bit of a handful. Um, he looked really, um, I, I like the fact that he, and I've said this many a times on the podcast, but like, he just looks like he, I love his attitude. I love the fact that he just will get stuck in. He, he doesn't sort of um, cower down and he's got a lot of fight in him. And, you know, and of course, um, he, I think he plays street football, which I love to watch anyway. It's just beautiful football to watch. But, um, uh, you know, he puts in a lovely pass for Bobby to get his second. You know, he is instantly a nightmare for the Brighton defence. Yeah, I feel like Diaz is a bit of a, a chaos maker for us in, in the best way. Um, yeah, because you just, he he's not predictable in his movements, or it doesn't seem that way, you know, to me. And it, it you know, as we, as he plays more in the team and we watch him more, that, that may change. But right now, I think he, you know, especially for the opposition, you he can kind of pop up anywhere. I mean, even he's playing on the, you know, on the left, but... But he's not afraid, you know, as the as the play moves to, you know, if he needs to cross over into the middle or or just kind of, yeah, take it, take the ball to where it needs to go. And and I mean, you're right. He has he has the mentality and the kind of the attitude and the fight that, frankly, a few more of our players could, you know, could stand to pick up from time to time um, or mm. all the time. Um, but yeah, so it was. He he was immediately made an impact. Um, 
And, you know, when I saw that he was coming on, you know, that change was being made at the half, I was I was happy for that. And, you know, and we started the second half off much better. And that second goal was, was what we needed. And I was like, okay, yeah, all right. We we might be able to pull a win out of this. Um, so I was I was feeling better about things. I was there for about 15 or so minutes. Yes, yeah, same. Um, uh, you know, it definitely felt like, you know, um, he's going to give them a, a, a fair few headaches there. Shri, what did you make of the Diaz sub and, um, you know, Bobby Firmino's goal there? Um, I was actually just watching that um, when, you know, and the thought that came to my head was, Oh, if, you know, the last time Bobby was this involved in this many gay goals and, you know, um, uh, it's mad seeing him score a fair few goals at Anfield after he's had such a drought because obviously he, he went on a mad one against um, Bournemouth. So I was like, ooh, you know, it's good to see him kind of get the goals. But what did you make of, um, you know, Diaz's inclusion there? Because I felt like him just running on things on the left was um, a bit of a nightmare for Brighton. I, th- I think though Bobby has scored a lot of goals, I would say Diaz has been the single biggest spark in attack. He's mm-hmm. the one who looks like making things happen. To be honest, yep. that's what it's looked from day one. We, and it, that's been the case from the time he's come in in Jan, to be honest. He's been the best attacking player in the team from the time he's signed for us. He's the one who can make things happen. He has pace, he has close control, he can... He's positionally sound. He can get to the uh, center. He can hold his line. I think he's the one we literally need him to play every game. But this schedule, and that is the catch twenty-two we are going to. We can't play him every game. So it's about making judicial use of how many minutes he can sustain. Though he's, he he looks like it feels like that uh, he's another mad guy like Luis Suarez who can practically play every game. His fitness mm. seems to be incredible, but obviously. We, we are not go- no player is going to be wanting to be benched so we are not going to go around asking are you feeling good he's obviously going to say yes we are obviously taking medical opinion and loads on him because he's travelling he's played a lot of games for Colombia as well so I think we will always have a chance when we play and I think uh, that's been the impact of Luis Diaz it's, things are going to happen when he plays yeah, and I've got because, oh go on sorry just just wanted to add I, I think uh, for all the tactical evolution or the need to be different, need to be move on, move on to unpredictability. Everything in this team is same. The only unpredictable factor is Diaz. That's why it's working. Yeah, it's true. Um, and I, you know, I just got a quick question for both of you here. And if you could like kind of answer what I think, what I find most impressive about Luis Diaz, aside from all his skill set and what he does and also his attitude as well. You know, um, I I think the thing that kind of blew me away the most was the fact that he he settled in from the get go, and I think do you think that's largely down to the kind of player that he is as well, like a wide kind of forward, you know, who can just kind of run at players and dribbles and you know cuts in, and you know he kind of complements how we were already playing to begin with, because obviously a lot of people are looking at Nunez, and like we've all said, it has been very stop start for him, but he's also a very different kind of striker as well in terms of how he plays and how we play. I mean, how have you, how impressive have you, how impressed have you guys been with Luis Diaz's, um, you know, just how quickly he settled in? Lisa, I'll come to you first on that one because I think you have to give him props for that as well. Oh, absolutely. No, he has. And I, and I think you're right. I think his style of play, you know, 
before coming to Liverpool, you know, was it was similar probably that made it easier for him kind of to settle in. But I think, you know, I think even just his overall attitude and yeah, not that, not that any of the other players don't, you know, coming in have not had a good attitude. I'm not trying to be critical. It's just, he just seems, he seemed, I mean, the first time he came on, I remember back, you know, February, whatever, it was just, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I like this kid. And I just, again, I, I think he, he, he's he sticks right in he he's not afraid to you know to to go to to sort of attack and press and you know and do what he can to get that ball back and I mean I know there's been a couple times and I can't think of specifics but you know where he lost the ball maybe but I mean by god he was going to do what he could to get it right back I mean I know there's times I've remembered him you know running down players to to try to take the ball back and and even being successful in doing so so I mean I think he just has a great drive um and you know the was it the it was the Napoli game where he he scored that one goal and you know I mean where everybody else's heads kind of went down his did not you know he was he was ready to, to to just claw back whatever he could from that match, and and I think that's just a look and attitude, and and you know it it needs to be catching. It does absolutely, Shri. I want to get your thoughts on just how well he's settled in and how quickly. I remember last season. I mean, Lisa was kind of talking that when she say you know watched him play like from from Feb onwards. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's great. He's grand. And you could just see what he was bringing. And he brought that kind of flair. And it was, I, I always, I was calling him like he plays football, like he's playing street football, which I love to watch. And for me, overall, con- consistently, I thought he had a really, really good like uh, start um, uh, to his Liverpool career. I think the only bad game that he had had was the, the Madrid final, where I, personally, I don't think he, he was more impactful off the bench. That's what I thought would have been best, you know, tie out that Real Madrid team. But how how amazing has he settled in into this Liverpool side? And do you think he's got it a lot easier than maybe somebody like Darwin Nunes? Yeah, I, I, I would say that one, I think it gives huge credit to our scouting. Because obviously we just don't buy anyone and everyone. We, uh, the player needs to be good, but he needs to fit in the system as well. And it's a January signing. We won't have a pre-season. So it's kudos that he actually got going, but it's a credit to our scouting. I would say that first. Uh, and again, I think, as I said, from the minute he's come in, I think he's been the best player of the club. From mm. Jan on, the, the minute he's come in, everything, every bright spark in attack seems to go through him. And I think he's become, his confidence levels is high and he backs his skills to make something happen. And as I've said, we have become too predictable as a team. And uh, literally, you can predict face by face uh, what is going to happen. The team lineup, you can predict how is he going to play for good or bad. Predictability has helped us. We know 4 3 this is how, and I think now it's caught up, and I think he brings that bit of unpredictability. You know, I, I don't think if you notice, I told you initially about Fulham game, right? How we kick off, and I don't mm-hmm. know if you noticed today as well. We passed the ball to Matip, Matip passed it to Carvalho, right? And we lost the ball. It's a phase of play we do every game. I have no idea why. We kick off the ball, Henderson kicks the ball to centre back, and he will hit the ball. Long to the left-hand sided player, he will lose the ball. It's a phase of play which I, I know I'm digressing, but I, 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 for my maybe I'm for my OCD, it's too much to miss it. But it seems to happen every game. I have no idea why we insist on such phases of play, though. Yeah, one I'm going to start paying attention to that. Go for it. I, I was going to say one other thing. You know, 
I think the expectations per se for Diaz weren't as high as they have been for Darwin Nunez. Um, you know, of course, Nunez being such, you know, uh, a high price signing and, you know, and mm-hmm. all that other, I think, um, you know, and that's not his fault and that's not Diaz's fault. It's just, it is what it is. So I think probably that yeah. has, he hasn't had as much pressure on him to come in and make an impact and, you know, and do well right away um, that I think, you know, I think there's been a little more pressure on Nunez, especially, I mean, not just the, the cost of him, you know, as a player, but then also the comparisons to Holland at Man City and, you know, and all of that other. Um, and then, of course, you know, the red card and, you know, and, and everything. I, you know, I think that Diaz came in a little more low key. And, um, you know, so when you don't have that pressure on you, it, you know, it can be easier to, you know, to sort of, settle into the team, you know, at a faster pace and everything. No, I was... Yeah, sorry sorry? to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to add one bit about Nunes. We also have to forget, Nunes signifies a huge change in the way we would want to play. Obviously, we are not buying Nunes to fit into the system we are currently playing. And, it's, and we have not got the time. We have had a bad start, which means we can't integrate him because Klopp, one thing we know with Klopp is that in terms of when we are playing well or when we are not playing well, he prefers to go with what he knows has worked before. And he's not going to put Nunes in and go for radical shift. There's obviously things he knows which works aren't working. I don't think he's going to take risks of putting in a new system here. But it almost seems like the team is caught Neither here nor there. We are playing long passes when Nunes is not there. But we can't get Nunes in the team also. It seems to be a stop-start situation. While Diaz was a very clear defender. And this is where I think, I know we are digressing into recruitment. But it almost seems like scouting working well. And scouting being disregarded in terms of a recruitment decision. Mm. Yeah, and I like the fact that you kind of mentioned that, you know, um, I agree, you know, stylistically he's a very different player. And also your asset and, uh, you know, Lisa kind of, you know, saying what, you know, what, you know, the, the, the Nunes, what he's having to deal with, less, you know, less low key. And um, let's not forget Nunes is coming to the Liverpool side where the functionality as a whole has been absolutely dreadful. So how do you expect him to, first of all, Liverpool to have the balls and the bravery to kind of change up the system? And secondly, the players just ain't playing well. You can't just look at him. It's the entire thing. Let's get back to this game because then obviously it's two all. We have to. Liverpool are, Liverpool are fighting for this game now. Um, at 58 minutes, Jurgen Klopp makes a substitution. Um, Lisa, I'm going to come to you on this one. Henderson and Chimikas off. Um, Milner and Elliot on. I found this very strange. It gave me Crystal Palace vibes when we were sort of chasing the game again, and he brings on James Milner. Um, I I don't understand. Like like we've just said, you know, um, we were on the front foot at this point as well. It's worth noting. Um, we were playing really well. You felt like if a goal was coming, it was going to be Liverpool who were going to score. Um, maybe this was the time that maybe you do throw on big fella Darwin Nunes and to kind of scare their defenders, maybe put in a bit of an aerial threat. I don't, I certainly don't understand um, the, 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 the the situation with that sub there. Uh, I thought Shimikas didn't look tired. I thought the left-hand side was holding up pretty well, but 
yeah, I'm not, I'm, you know, but like, I'd like to get your thoughts because I feel I thought that was a bit of a change. Um, it kind of changed the game for me, that sub. Yeah, I mean, I actually have written on Elliot Milner, question mark. I mean, Elliot, I, you know, I was fine with that, you know, um, Henderson off, Elliot on. I think, you know, I think that was a good substitution at, you know, and timed probably pretty well. Yeah, Milner, I was scratch as well. Now, I saw somebody, I think, put in the Discord chat that apparently um, Samikas did play a lot of minutes for Greece um, over the international okay. break. And so, and with Robo still out, you know, and knowing the October we have ahead of us, I, you know, I guess mm. is, is my thought, mm. but, but I think he probably could have played another 10 or so, um, you know, because I think you're right. It, it did kind of change things, change things up. Now, I'm glad that Milner came on at, you know, 60 minutes or whatever and didn't start the game. I mean, you know, that's in the plus column um, because yes. does, you know, <laughs> now I have to say when it looked like Lamptey was going to come on for Brighton, I was scared. Um, yes. <laughs> I was, I was, I, think I, was, should be. I yes. was worried. Yes. Cause he is so fast, um, but it didn't happen. So there's no point in discussing that any further. But yeah, I, that one, that one, I did find a little bit. Um, yeah, I was a little puzzled. But again, and I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, if Samikas did have some minor little knock that you know we didn't happen to know about, you know, we're going to need him. You know, coming through until you know, I think Robertson is maybe you know a week or so away from being back. So we certainly can't risk, um, you know. Costa Simicus being being injured and us being without you know either left back, um, so I I kind of get it, but I wasn't thrilled by it. Yeah, um, um, thank you for raising that about him having more minutes at Greece and not risking an injury because then it would be Milner for for the full ninety, and exactly. I don't think anyone wants to see that. Yeah, Sheree, um, what did you make of the subs and the impact they had on the the entire course of the game? I, I think Lisa has covered the most important bits in terms that he's had minutes on his legs. And it, it and I think, you know, the message is quite clear. Robo is not ready for the next one, at least, if not the next two. So, mm. Simikas needs to basically play three games. And we do. And with Liverpool, one thing we know is with injuries, we have... No, it's, a, it's like looking into a crystal ball, knowing when people are going to be fit. So, with, uh, so, I think the message is quite clear. Robo is not in for the next game, at least. So, we need to... Protect him, or else, yeah, Milner could be starting. So I think Simica, and these are what seems like clearly like like the DS sub. These two are what I would call your medical science subs. Like pre-program, this guy plays forty-five, or DS can play only forty-five. So let him get him. So basically, Klopp wants to play these players, but medical science over medical department overrules him, so he gets it done at the exact one. So these are pre-programs, sir. Like they would have known Simicas could play only sixty. Hendo obviously has been unfit. He's got very few minutes, I think, for England. I think 10 minutes or so. So, obviously, he's nowhere going to play 90, which also means that Hendo is going to start again. That is, that's also been made clear. And right side, we basically have no options now. Arthur is nowhere going to be fit. And if he plays, he's, he's going to rotate with Thiago, which we have discussed when we signed him. So, it obviously means Elliot needs to come. Only thing, maybe, yeah, again, is it some, it's the same conundrum we have moved. Do we understand the sub? Yes, but choice. Maybe I would have even experimented, say, getting Joe Gomez playing at left back. Can't be worse than Milner, right? What's the harm in trying? Or you not get him? Unless Klopp was worried he might need 
Joe Gomez for say Trent later on, but you would have swapped it later. Get Milner in and move Gomez to the right either. That's the only thing I would have tried. Maybe get Joe Gomez on, especially if uh, they are going to make a sub on the right side, as Lisa was saying in terms of Lamptey coming in. Thankfully, nothing didn't happen, so it's hypothetical at this point of time. But that's the only different thing I might have thought about. I think you both make very, very crucial, very, very good points there, sound points. And, you know, like I said, I didn't know that Shimikas has played an awful lot for Greece. So, yeah, managing minutes is absolutely crucial. Um, I appreciate that. And thank you for cl- um, clarifying that up, both of you. Um, okay, so um, we go ahead. Webster on goal. I'll take it. I'll take it off anyone's backside at that point. So it's 3-2. Um, we're, we're all happy. Um, I thought, yes, finally, Liverpool respond really well. Um but I did feel, though, um, you know, the subs did make us look um, weaker. And, you know, it was around about 74 minutes um, where I kind of noticed, Lisa, where Brighton, you know, started to um, look good again because I thought they looked a little rattled and we were on the front foot. But then, you know, obviously we, they, they, you know, credit to them because, you know, they, they carried on. And, you know, they were, they were sort of um, trying things. They were sort of um, trying to get a tax in. Um, and then, of course, Bobby comes off, um, uh, Jota comes on um, around about 75 minutes, but at 83 minutes, I mean, sucker punch, uh, Tossard hat-trick. Um, just talk to me just about all those random things that just came into my head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, again, credit to Brighton. You know, when that, that third goal went in, not just third goal for us, but an own goal off of them, they could have dropped their heads, but they didn't. Didn't you know? And as I said, I I like this Brighton team. I mean, anytime that they aren't playing us, I'm you know I'm rooting for them. I just I just like the way they play and and have for the last couple of years. So I mean, again, credit to them. They they kept pushing. And yeah, you're right. We did. We I don't know. You know, I really couldn't put my finger on it. If we we sat back, we I think this was about the point in the game where um, my 17 year old wandered into my office here while I was watching. And I couldn't even tell you who, what pass it was, but somebody made a pass and he's like, that was an awful pass. I can pass better than that. And I'm like, well, son, get you on a plane and put a shirt could use you at left back right about now. Um, <laughs> so again, you just want to, you just want to have a monopoly on this Liverpool side. I of do, I do, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would also like to point out that this is my, my 17 year old who does not weigh, I mean, is skinny and as lightweight as anything so he he does not have the muscle at all but regardless um it was just funny to hear him say that because of my three kids he's the least likely to come in and comment on what liverpool is doing but but that was about the time it was like all right we've we've forgotten how to pass again what what is going on here now i have to say if that overhead kick that my fourth child harvey elliott had if that had pulled off and become a goal you all wouldn't have been able to shut me up for 60 minutes. So you were spared that at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have, here's what I have written on their, th- on their third goal defense crap again. <laughs> so it, yep. I mean, I, I, I really can't expand on it any further than that. I mean, once again, the defense let us down and led to that third goal. Yeah, and that's been like a reoccurring theme and that's the most frustrating thing about it. Shri, I mean, what did you make of, you know, again, us going ahead and then us just throwing it away at the end again and, uh, you know, watching it from a defensive point of view as well, you know, like a ball kind of whipped in from the right. 
I felt like defensively we were just kind of a little bit everywhere. Um, I was watching kind of James Milner. There was loads and loads of space on the left. You don't let a player like Tossad have all that space. Nobody anywhere near him. Yeah, I, I think first obviously our goal, like dreadful keeping by Sanchez. Like mm-hmm. that's his ball all the way. But obviously he's rooted to his ground. And you don't let the ball pass you so close to the goal. It's... You're just creating scenarios which you don't want to imagine. So, obviously, we'll take any goal, as you said, you know, any goal which comes in hour, it comes in, he'll gladly take it with the way we are playing. So, deserve, maybe not, but I think it was good to go ahead. But, as we said, we can't start well at all. I think I, I'm just reading some stats, you know, like, we have, what, 12 out of last 15, 12, 12 games in the last 15, we have gone behind first. And out of that, five times are in the first five minutes. So, we absolutely do not get started. We can't close out games. Klopp himself has come out and said, I, I, I don't know whether... I can only laugh because if I don't laugh, I'll have to cry. He said that even I didn't have 100% confidence that we would close out the game. So, I don't know how beneficial it is. Yeah, we love Klopp being honest, but he himself says he didn't think we would close out the game. And I think, you know, it's been spoken now for a few weeks in hush whispers. We need to start asking stuff about Virgil. He's nowhere close to what we know. I don't know whether he's... He wants to play the World Cup clearly. I don't know. I'm not going to say he's like tooling it down if that's the way, but I think he's just being more careful. and He doesn't want to get injured, but simple mistakes. But as I said, when your system breaks down, even the simplest of mistakes get punished. It just gets highlighted. It mm-hmm. goes through his legs, but as you said, Milner is nowhere in the place. We are not compressed enough and our transitions are so poor, we get punished. And I think that's what has happened again. Not for the first time and it definitely will not be the last time because we've had a month to fix it. We absolutely do not seem to care. Yeah. And um, it's quite scary given the fact that, you know, um, the next in the league will we will be playing um, a very, very informed Arsenal side, you know. And, um, yeah, uh, and, you know, to be gifting two goals like that early on in 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 the game as well, it's you know it is going to bite them. I'm really scared when Trent plays against Martinelli. What's going to happen? Oh God, I'm don't really, please! I will, deal with that next week. I will deal with that next week. Let's not even go there. But yeah, guys, anxiety of the future. We don't want to think about that right now. Anxiety of the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, 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 you know. Um, uh, there's something miraculous happens um, <laughs> with our defending and our concentration. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up on that positivity from Lisa Marie. Guys, we've come to the end of the pod. Is there anything you feel like needs highlighting? Or, oh, of course, it's also worth mentioning as well. Um, uh, you know, Thiago came off round about 88 minutes. Nunez came on. Um, yeah, um, I think that was it pretty much. You know, it looked like we were, we weren't really going to score at that point. But guys, um, is there anything you feel like we need to discuss? Anything that needs highlighting? Lisa, I'll come to you first. Um, it was nice and sunny in Liverpool today. It looked like a nice afternoon here at Anfield. Mm-hmm. I hope everyone was able to enjoy that. <laughs> That's all I've got. <laughs> yeah, it's better than nothing because I got nothing. Um, uh, Shri, I'll come to you. Yeah, I'm thankful the game ended. Again, better than what I've got. And I'll take both of them any day of the week. Um, you know what, guys? I'm going to have to go there. I know that we drew and it was disappointing, but I 
guess you're going to have to do a man of the match. And I've kind of got a feeling I know where we're all going to go here. Um, Shri, I'll come to you first. Um, who is your man of the match and why? Tell me honestly, Nina, didn't you want to do the pod just for this section? I did, but I'm not picking who you think I'm picking. Yeah, in terms of impact on the scoreline, and I don't think we can do, I don't think there was any standout player, I would say, Diaz in terms of, like, his impact on the game when he came in. So in terms of impact on the game, Diaz really showed, me, I would say he's one of the reasons we got to, obviously, 3-2 ahead. But in terms of just being in the right position to score goals, I would say, Bobby, it's really tough to identify any standout players. Today. We were so bad. I love that. I love the fact that you've kind of went there and gave it to Bobby. I was going to give it to Alison. Because oh. <laughs> he made yeah, some I big hits. Yeah, I forgot, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it could have been... I, I, it totally... I absolutely went blank at that point. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to push my agendas like I used to with the Bobby no, Nino. No, the only thing though, Nina, at this rate, he's going to be the player of the season though. Oh, he is, absolutely. I'm not being funny. Like, he's the only one, like, I mean, in the Napoli game, like, you couldn't be disgusted with um, um, Alisson for any of those goals, you know. And again, today, I don't think he had a chance on any of them. Uh, Lisa, I'll come to you. Who's your man of the match and why? I think it is Alisson, you know, because not only, you know, was he not really at fault for any of those goals, you know, he could have let them rattle him and he didn't. So... Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he, he was, you know, although Bobby is a fair shot too. Um, yes. But I, I actually, I start thinking man of the match. When we went up that 3-2, I thought, oh, I'm going to need a man of the match. And I thought, huh, it's Allison. Um, so, yeah, no, I think he's, you know, his play has been the most consistent this season, really, of, mm-hmm. of anyone. I mean, other than, um, you know, on-field players, you know, probably have to be my kid Harvey Elliott you know just consistency that we've seen to this point consistency he hasn't played brilliant every game but you know anyway um but no but for this game man of the match is Allison because he could have let those two early goals rattle him um you know even though he wasn't at fault really for either one of them but they could have gotten into his head and they didn't and you know and he he saved you know there's it it could have been 4-0 at um or 4-0 at um by halftime and it wasn't so Alison Becker, man of the match. There you go. Yep, I'd have to agree with that. Guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. A massive thank you to everyone that joined us live on Discord as well and putting their questions and their thoughts across. And Steve Pizza for his question. Really appreciate you guys for listening. Um, Before we go, I'm just going to ask the guys for some plugs. So, Shri, I'll come to you. I mean, is there anything you'd like to plug and where can people find you on social media? So obviously, you can find me on Twitter at Shrikant Bala. But in terms of plug, the only thing I would say is there's a really insightful piece, on, I believe, on Patreon by Sam about uh, Pep Linders and his NEC team because it's something I've thought because I saw a few games of NEC. But he's put it so lucidly in that piece. I think that's a piece everyone should read. Uh, you, when you read it, you will almost feel like you're, you're visualizing the current Liverpool team. And that's scary, actually. So I think that's the piece I would plug. I like it. Thank you so much. Okay, check out Sam Maguire's piece. Um, Lisa, anything you'd like to plug on? Where can people find you on social media? 
So you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at LMarieMH um, or on the main Anfield Index podcast. The latest episode went up last night, um, so mm-hmm. always fun with Trev and Guy and Carl or whoever happens happens to join us in the week. Um, and I'm going to plug you, Nina, for your, um, your Instagram uh, post that you've been doing. I've I've been enjoying listening to those um, where you you do your little snippets mm-hmm. about you know the game that happened, the game coming up, or or whatever. Um, you know, everyone check out Nina on Instagram. Thank you so much, and I'll be ripping you two off and putting you on there because that's what I do. Um, I really really enjoy this podcast, and despite the terrible result, I think you know. Thank you so much for your insight. Um, as always, you two have been absolutely excellent. So give both of these a follow on their social medias check out what they've recommended for you to go and listen to listen to the main ai podcast check out sam's article also follow lisa on 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 instagram as well for my part um i'll be back with my post-match show for arsenal fun and um also the euro incision podcast as well busy busy times i've had a break um uh, now it's serious times, but if Liverpool could um, uh, stop being a joke, that would be great. Um, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Take care. Till next time, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.